0: Welcome to the Red Smite Podcast, episode 7 for September 28th, 2016. This is your World's Hype Edition with me, your host, Jevin, and right there is the inimitable Quinn Wooji Ridgeway. Are you feeling the hype, Quinn? Oh, dude,
1: no doubt, no doubt. This is the best time of year for League of Legends, in my opinion, because Worlds, of course, is going just around the corner, and also harrowing. I love the heroing event. I feel like the hero is oh, yeah. spooky. Event, it's
0: the best time. Yeah,
1: it's my favorite event that Riot puts together all year long. I've been recall-
0: recalling all the past worlds classics,
1: like the kaboom and the OMG versus Fanatic One Hell. Yeah, help.
0: I've been yelling this is for kaboom every time I make a comeback play <laughs> <It's> actually.
1: <such laughs> brilliant fucking meme. So it's, so, it's good. so fun to relive these moments. And I just have a feeling that this is gonna be one of the better worlds. So I'm
0: definitely hyped. Yeah, I'm feeling it for sure. And I mean, I've been having a lot of fun just in League in general. We got to see Aruf or Aruf or however you say (laughs) it, all random ultra rapid fire. And I actually had so much more fun in the all random Earth because like in normal Earth, you just get so many OP champions and people, it's just who got Sona, who got Alistar, But everyone's OP if no one's OP because everyone got some random champions. So it's just so much fun.
1: Yeah, there was no
0: bans. And, you know, uh,
1: as far as I'm concerned, uh, there was nobody that was just outright broken that it was game over. And if there was, it's not like you could pick them. So what does it matter? You know, it's just one quick 13-minute game. (laughs)
0: Yeah, one 13-minute open mid is not even open mid. We had a couple games end where we were fountain-diving them, and then suddenly, oh, it goes back to our Nexus, and shit, uh, they never. ended.
1: <laughs> no, I, I the community, though, loved this game mode. Um, obviously, everyone loves Earth, but this was a great play on it, and I think that it's going to come back
0: indefinitely. I hope so. I really, really hope so. Um, All right, well, as far as uh, some other happenings that are going on, as just in the greater League of Legends world, and this I think is super, just super big news that I wanted to get you at the top of the show is the 76ers have acquired Apex's spot in the LCS and the Dignitas brand. So Dig is coming back in Apex's uh, LCS spot. This is this is huge, to be honest.
1: Yeah, this is like absolutely monumental because. Uh, The Philadelphia 76ers are a well-established franchise in the NBA. And for them to move on to esports, specifically League of Legends, it really does say to the entire world, this is worth investing in. This is what we're calling an esport. This is the future, and we're going to... Like I said, they invest into it and franchise into it, and a lot of other companies are going to see this and make similar decisions. Already, big international news stations like BBC are having great articles saying similar things. But I, I expect rebranding. I don't think they're going to keep the Apex. Um, they did keep the roster though, the current roster, so that's nice. Uh, all the players still have their jobs for now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just think I saw this clip on. Of them talking about it on Fox and they were they called the woman called them Digitas and there is so much weird little (laughs) I don't even know, you know, it's just really funny, but like there's so much like stigma around esports, I guess I should call it. But really what this shows is the fact that Fox was talking about it and people were taking it seriously, and even if they had a couple of flubs and blunders here and there, it didn't matter because the big money. And big names yeah. are going into it. And that's the future of eSports. Yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. Shaq invested personally. Um, there's the other guy that's really big that I'm... Rick, Rick Fox. Fox. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Speaking of, uh, LOL eSports and the
0: future. Yeah, and the, the whole future. Yeah, so what we got here is... This is just monumental, honestly, as well, is that... A portion of the revenue from the 2017 Worlds items are going directly to the prize pool for the players. And there's been a lot of criticism of Riot that the prize pool is too small for Worlds, it's too small for LCS, there's player salary issues, and like Dota and CSGO do these so much better, so how come League has a bigger player base yet does this worse? And I think all this stuff was in the works, it just came out way faster because of the controversy, so, you know, kick up the dirt and something good might happen.
1: Yeah. I think that like, blending the media and with having sponsorships with the merchandise and the in-game content is a really nice step forward. And when I say it like that, it does kind of sound like, oh, those McDonald's skins. No, no, no. It's not what they're doing. They're literally selling the same content they've always
0: sold. You're not getting Coca-Cola machine sin. Exactly. Not-
1: <laughs> they're still getting the same content they've always gotten. It's just that when you buy that content in-game, you can now know that that money you spent on the Riot Points is actually going directly towards the, the you know basically the player salary or the team organization salary or prize pool.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, as far as uh, sadder happening in the uh, esports end of League of Legends, Spirit has left Fnatic, and it appears to have been a mutual happening. It doesn't seem to have been much drama. Um, Which is good. I'm Yeah, I'm sad about this, and I think you are too.
1: Yeah, it's good there's no drama. It's terrible that the Spirit has left Fnatic. I think that I personally just respect... I'm not like by any means a fanatic fanboy or a big fan, but I do heavily respect that organization, and I think it's really sad to see that they didn't make it to Worlds this year and Daylor leaving kind of at the end of the season when they needed him the most.
0: And it appears they're really crumbling, to be honest. Yeah, and
1: now Spirits leaving
0: and Spirits. It's the end of a. It's an. It's the end of an era since season one. Yeah. Like to be honest, I, so it's I hope sad, they
1: can. But... I hope personally to see the best for Fnatic and for Spirit as a player.
0: Yeah, I really like him in all the videos. He's really funny. Like I really like the guy. I'm a bit sad about all of this. All right. Well, on to happier news. Um, the whole world's crafting, uh, has been uh really something interesting that I wanted to run down exactly how it works for the listeners. Basically. There's a bunch of new summoner icons uh, that you can upgrade using the Hextech crafting system. Basically, every broadcast day, you can go onto the uh, LoL client and buy these championship uh, jewels with IP, or you can get them in the championship chess for RP, of course. Uh, Overwatch really made chess a thing to stay. So that's definitely not getting any smaller. But I really like the fact that you can buy, there is an IP sync for for people to upgrade these icons.
1: Right, you can buy them on broadcasting days, which is very nice. Um, It's similar to the project thing that they did uh, recently. Where,
0: yeah, with all the caches yeah, and the different which is, arguments It's really and nice stuff. that they're really improving. They're doing something with Hextech more than just hey, it's free stuff. It's like there's even more of an experience. Exactly, and, like,
1: exactly what I was gonna say, I love how they're just absolutely putting more content. And I mean, they've added more stuff to Hextech crafting than No Man's Skies added to the whole game.
0: Since. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Now we know why the lead developer of that game is hiding under a rock. He hasn't posted on Twitter in like a month. He's scared of you guys. You guys are going to come out with pitchforks and fuck, fucking kill him.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I definitely think that the the whole um, world's... I, I, all the items, the, all the skins, the Fnatic, the TPA... SKT.
0: yeah we have all the bundles back up we have the new championship zed yep. we've got um Riven. um yeah the championship Riven, like all 2016 the, 2016. the boosted 2016 the fact that they put 2016 yeah. in the loading yeah. screen can we just talk about that for a second because yeah. my god it looks so cool the season two one with the the Roman numerals too and it's got this sick border and then you see Championship Ribbon 2016 Only Mastery 5 and you're like oh oh It's kind of a joke.
1: Like I saw somebody today and they were wearing it. Before I even saw it I was in the store and I was reading it. I'm like they're not really going to put the 2016 in the title. But no. So we're queuing up and I see the guy and he's got the 2016 in the Championship Ribbon name and I'm just thinking this guy looks like a fucking pleb. Like, he really does. It doesn't look very attractive, but besides the name title, it's a very cool skin.
0: And it looks better for the people who already had it, so they're. Exactly. I mean, they did right. They did right on that part. And also, one thing I do want to mention is that you can spam these summoner icons like a mofo above your head. Like, they go twice as fast almost as the normal, like, level 7, level 6, level 5 mastery emotes. You can just. Hammer that button and really be a TSM TSM <laughs> like it, it's so fun, right?
1: But so overall, I think that the Summoner Icons being able to upgrade is a good sign for
0: just yeah just for things to come as Riot. far as tech crafting. Right? Yeah,
1: n- not even tech crafting, but just right in general. In general yeah. Riot is willing to totally add new functions to technically, in my opinion, this is the store, but it's its own thing, you know? They, they yeah. added a new thing to the toolbar at the top. This profile and and runes and masteries and whatnot, and then, then you've got
0: this now, as well as the store. Pretty cool. All right, well, as far as just worlds and everything that's going on, um, it was about a day ago that all, pretty much all the players have arrived in North America, and we're seeing some really high win rates on certain uh, people. Like, fly, all the Flash Wolves players are just, like, killing it. Like. Yeah,
1: most people are actually very dominant right now. And I think that it goes to show the difference in Korea versus NA. Because you look at all the boot camping going on in Korea, and everyone's having a hard time to climb. I believe it took uh, six to seven days for the first person to get to Master tier. And then you have the NA, and uh, Westor got to master tier already. And in general, everyone has at least a sixty-seven percent win rate. So it does say stuff about the regions per se, but I definitely think that it also says stuff
0: no, no, no. The no. players—they're the players, just amped up, man. They just—they're yeah. really hungry. <laughs>
1: well, it also says stuff about the players, right? Like all these players are world-class players, and they're coming in and they're coming in to win. A lot of these players are experienced. They're coming a into to the-
0: shit on North America. Yeah. <laughs> D2s. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I just mean their worlds in general. Like, a lot of these yeah. players are veterans, and a lot of these players are rookies. I think they both have their own passion, but they're both driven at the equal amount.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be some, like, hot competition going on. Yes. So, I mean, as far as, like, hype for this Worlds, um, there's not really been that much content, but... One thing that came out that was extremely polarizing was the song by Zed, Ignite, for Worlds 2016. And I actually really enjoyed the animation and the song. Me too. But a lot of people didn't like the song. And then I saw a fan edit where they literally edited out some of the peaks and valleys in the song to make it more of a mainstream composition musically. And it was about a minute shorter, and it sounded like something you'd hear on the radio as far as EDM goes. And then you listen to Zed's and you watch the video, and I felt like this is really building up. Every season that they were showing, it was getting more and more intense. I really felt that feeling, whereas I think some people were kind of missing it, or maybe the mainstream appeal of uh, Warriors really just outshone uh, Zed's Ignite. I don't know.
1: I don't know either, but I do know that everyone was focusing way too much on the music because the art was absolutely mind-blowing.
0: When the hand was typing the keys and turned into Ash shooting the so arrow, creative.
1: it was so creative. It was oh my The transitions God. between yeah, between the players turning into the champions. And the overall telling of the stories of the past worlds and the worlds to come, oh, man, I got the chills. I, I didn't even matter. There could have been no music. The animation alone just stood out to me. So I have to say, yeah. not to mention the fact that it was so creative. It was a unique art style. And Riot's reaching out to third
0: parties now to do really cool hype videos. And I have to respect yeah. for that. So golf clap for uh, <laughs> for those guys who made that video. I don't know who they are, but... There you go. Um, All right, real quick, we're just going to get into something for for players so that they can get the quick rundown on the shifting meta that's going on in this patch. It doesn't really have much to do with worlds, but if you just want something quick and you're too lazy to read the patch notes but somehow found our podcast, then this is for you. Um, So basically, as far as the champions that are really good right now and on the rise, we're seeing a lot of flex picks. Like, people that can go top and jungle, people that can go mid... Uh, ADC, people that can go mid-top like that's a really important thing is not revealing your hand in the draft so let's just run down these Uh, starting in the top lane we've got Mundo who we haven't seen much before and we were wondering if he was an outlier on the last patch but with this buff we definitely know that Mundo is pretty strong Kennen, Jace who we've mentioned before and Malphite who sleeper OP has just been buffed continuously and now he's quite strong
1: yeah uh, the thing about Kennen is he's actually getting a pretty high player base rate uh, recently, so that means a lot of more people are playing him. He's becoming a lot more meta. So expect a lot of Kennen, and like you mentioned, Dr. Mundo He's also very good in the jungle role because he got this recent buff,
0: and he's he's just overall going to be a strong pick. And if you build Cinder, Hall can just go full tank. Mundo's hard to peel, like right. for he, a lot he of comes players. comes down to skill like,
1: shots, honestly. When I, with his cleaver, as long as his stats are relevant, and they made his stats relevant.
0: However, yeah, Cinge stats less relevant. He's yeah. not looking. Don't want to so pick high. him right now in the top lane. A little bit sad as far as the meta's going for him. So, I mean, he's fun to play, but if the meta doesn't favor him, then you're just abusing yourself. Please stop.
1: <laughs> he's kind of a so, niche pick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's uh let's go to the jungle. Um Mundo's popping up here, as we said, Udir and Xin Zhao. Yes. So Mundo is just a tank, but Udir and Xin Zhao are they're just like powerhouse attack speed champions that can just f- hard farm, get objectives, and then destroy enemy teams.
1: Right. There's some similarities between Udir and Zin. They're both A D, they're both kind of ham champions. They they go on you and they attack you, and they kinda of dive your back line. However, Zin Zhao's way more of an assassin and Udyr's kind of less of that, but he still deals so much damage. And I think that recently them just climbing up in overall statistics and their win rate is really just a foreshadowing for them coming back to be probably top one, two, and three
0: spots in, uh, in the jungle overall in a few patches. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to watch on those. So let's move it down to mid lane. Corky, Jace and Ziggs. These are not some names that we've seen as, like, these are the super good on-the-rise mid lane. Picks, yeah, I talked but,
1: about a high play rate uh, with Kenna, and these are some of the lowest play rate champions.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Corky, Corky and Jace alone, they're so fun. I haven't played much Ziggs, but...
1: Yeah, I like, believe I'm still undefeated with Jace in um, regular and normals and ranked so far this season. Oh, jeez. I, I, I was fortunate enough to get, like, three games of them on earth out of like 10 total and that's all awesome. every game just s plus just smashing them <laughs> it's brilliant i think jace is really strong right now i'm looking forward to playing some more zigs satchel charges a recent
0: change yeah the push the push is so important with that if you yeah, guys don't know you can people, execute turrets Yeah, it's
1: really w it's underutilized that that w being able to take out the turret like mm-hmm. like you mentioned but i think that um Aurelion, Sol, and Cassiopeia are to be steered away from. I mean, they're still okay. They still work against their counterpicks, uh, or counterparts, but... I yeah, still... but I
0: wasn't really seeing... Like, I played against an Aurelion today, and he couldn't do the level one thing to clear all the minions without losing half his mana, and then I abused him for that, like...
1: Right. And and that's, where he, that's what they kind of did to him right there. Right. They targeted that W early clear. So uh, I think for now Aurelian's kind of in a, a shite place. But give the Aurelian mains some time to figure out and adjust and he might come back up because he's still okay. He's not bad by any means. He's just no longer at the top. But Cass- yeah, you just
0: got to figure out and play to their strengths in both these cases. And
1: Cassiopeia's kind of in the same boat. She's The heal got nerfed on her E, and that's all they did to her, but but she tanked pretty hard in win rate and overall placement. But she's still relevant. She's still better than a lot of other uh, champions. But Corky's like, number one right now, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, Corky. as we move into the AD carry spot, he's also doing really well in the AD carry. Like, the bu- little buff they gave him to this AD... Growth and attack speed, so nice. I was playing him. We lost the game, but I was five and zero at one point when the score was like six to nine, and I was like, okay, we. I think we lost. I'm not. I, I don't know, but <laughs> he's really fun to play. But um, we're gonna have to see how he stacks up like in certain matchups now with this with this buff. Yeah, but he's definitely like a strong mid game power spike champion that can use his pa- the package to wipe an entire enemy team when they're going for dragon or something that's like the main thing you need to play around with corky
1: he's kind of a spellcaster adc and so that syncs well with my playstyle as as a player but a lot of people it doesn't sync well so i think that um a 50 percent win rate actually lies on him i think that means he's doing really good in in the right hands because he, he you have to play him a certain way and so yeah sure um that's a strength of his another strength you mentioned is playing against counterpicks another champion that's looking strong in the ad carry role is vayne and he counters vayne nicely especially because he gives vision with
0: his q exactly if you can nail vayne with the q before she ults that's like can save you in a fight for sure i really like vayne but uh she's kind of felt really bad most of this season but Lately, when I've been playing her, since the slow buffs, at first they buffed her Q, which is actually a nerf, and then they—I think they buffed her again, and that's how we're seeing her rise. She's been pretty bad. Yeah, I think all season. So a good portion of this is the statistics
1: generated are from the North American region that we're uh, studying, and um, all the really good AD carries will play Vayne no matter what. And the Worlds is being held here so we have some of the top class people in high elo playing and they might just play vain anyway so this could be an outliner at the moment yeah, yeah that
0: that is true i mean something else that uh people should watch out for to play though is old slash new Kogma because they did this revert now and honestly they need to touch him up like he's not bad now but people are just actually building him completely wrong let me let you guys in on a secret uh you can still go the old build that Kogma went. You don't have to go with Zen Ginsuos. Like, you can go Triforce, Spork. Dang.
1: Yeah, it's, it's real funny, though, because everyone's always going old or new. It's like, which one is like, it? What did you guys do to him? So I definitely think that, that uh, there will be another change to him shortly. And this was kind of just like a temporary fix. Worlds is happening. This champion's out of control. We got to fix it.
0: Yeah, they can't have Cog on the world's patch being so, this crazy ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so fair enough.
1: We'll see. Again, build path is really bad, so I think overall seeing a, a bad track record for this patch so far might not be the truth.
0: Yeah, we'll have to let the uh let it all shake out. And then let's move on to support. Um someone who I keep saying that you guys should play is Scion Support. <laughs> he appears to have the highest win rate right now on the North American servers, Platinum Plus, which is just God bless you, whoever's playing, (laughs) that. I love it. Um, Soraka got nerfed, but she's still pretty good, to be honest. And then uh, Zyra, Janna, you know, general, how the meta shakes out. And then Poppy is someone that doesn't seem to be faring too badly in the top lane anymore. And also, in the support role, she has some good matchups. It's all about picking her into the right things, I wouldn't blind pick her. Yes. She counters a team comp, you know, lots of dashes and stuff like that. Yeah, but this
1: speaks back to the flex picks. So now we got Mundo who could go topper jungle. We got Corky. We got Jace. We got Poppy. And this is just like what recently got buffed, let alone all the other picks that already existed. So I think that a lot of um, the recent meta shift really does speak towards playing around flex picking and with being able to tell your team by hovering your champion and having that extra 15 seconds of dialogue it should be more often used to communicate with your team to swap picks or pick around
0: uh, yeah i hope people i hope people actually use the fact that you can hover a champion more like a lot of times people just ban my champion ignore what i picked for their own feels
1: promos champ
0: yeah, feels promos man feels like twisted fate in support in promos man <laughs> feels like gangplank support demoted man <laughs> oh God. All right. Um, so you know what? Let's uh, just wrap up this segment and move right on in to our world's team ranking segment. Hype, hype, this hype, is going to take, <laughs> take up the majority of the show and we're going to run through the groups in not really any order but kind of the order we think is most interesting, I guess, and talk about who we think will make it out, who we think won't make it out, and really give you some in-depth on the mentality on each of these teams we've done a good amount of research here and we hope that we can bring you some uh interesting insight so let's get right into group a so let's just talk about the the big dogs in group a we've got rocks the first seed korean team they dominated the best region in the world smeb is the best top laner in the world and in this meta where tps and carry tops are vital I don't really see a way that they don't get first in this in this group, to be honest.
1: It says so much, really, that they have a, this carry top winner, Um Because no matter what happens, they're going to have somebody to rely on. But a huge thing to think about is even somebody that would be considered probably one of their weaker players, Pina, who lacks international experience... Is still one of the most highly rated jungles. Uh,
0: yeah, like across Peanut Flub sometimes. You see sometimes he makes these really boosted plays, but most of the time he's actually popping off. Like, it's it's awesome to watch.
1: Yeah, and, and all season they've been having just clean games, you know, Korean style. Just we, we just won as fast as we could, you know, in between 20 to 30 minutes. The least amount of deaths that you could think of. It just seems yeah. like a
0: dominant team they're they're looking really strong and they're hungry after three seasons of making it to worlds and like being in the shadow of s k t like as far as like their Korean prestige where they finally want to split they can co- go to worlds and if they win this worlds, it'll just be like a really good payoff for all these players, so they're definitely really like in it to win it basically in my opinion
1: yeah they they're definitely looking like the uh the top dogs
0: in group A. Yeah. So G2 I think they'll get second in group A, at least personally. Um they're the first CDEU team. They had a really strong showing like this whole split and e- and in the playoffs, but their history of choking at international stages, which I don't know if you can say is even a history, but like It happened at MSI. They were on vacation. Don't be on vacation again, G2, and you make it out of groups and probably make it to quarters, you know? Like, if G2 plays the way that we know they can play, and, like, they rely on their strong, like, duo um, mid-jungle synergy with perks and tricks, perks and trick, they they can take over the map and they can really dominate. Like, they're very, very strong when they played to their strengths.
1: Right. They have such high potential and it, it sucked to see them at MSI just blow it all away and then throw some lousy excuse. Basically, we're not trying and, yeah. you know. We're
0: not, we were, I wasn't even trying. That,
1: I mean, I, I wasn't even trying. it was like that, right? Like, yeah. oh, now we were on vacation and so we couldn't, it's like, well, you guys could have not went on vacation like every other team. Oh, yeah, but we were on vacation so it's like, well, kind of, didn't try so if they do, and this is world so this is the ultimate stage we can expect these guys to try to play to their full potential so it'll be really exciting and everyone's been talking about group a rocks and g2 at the top no matter what everyone on their pickums is putting those two to get out and clg and albus nox luna at the bottom just because these two teams have been looking so dominant at the top,
0: seed. I mean, so I mean, if you talk about CLG and Albus Knox, like just CLG barely made it to World. Albus Knox, they're a wild card team from a relatively weaker region, and they don't have any international experience. Like, and I mean, the laners as far as CLG go, like Darshan, who he sticks a, they'll all be like poopy on, basically like
1: <laughs> yeah like i hate to
0: say it but they're gonna get destroyed like it's gonna
1: be a passive strategy from clg we're gonna have to see i think clg does though they stick true to their name and counter logic i think they have a really good strategy when it comes to just outplaying teams that are bigger than them they know how to find the achilles heel so there's always the possibility there's always the faith that they do make it out of group a but i Certainly think.
0: I mean, you're talking would, about a Ach- you're talking about Achilles' heel here. Like, there's a wild card team in their group. I mean, oh. Albus yeah, yeah, Knox is going to take a game off CLG right there. If you're talking about Achilles' heels, like, it's I don't know. You know, yeah, I really I can't think deny that,
1: that CLG is notoriously lost to the uh, wild card teams.
0: Yeah, we're just going to have to see how it all turns out for them. I mean, definitely Rocks G2 at the top. I predict Rocks at the 100% will probably only drop maybe one game to G2. Like, maybe one. Like, maybe one. Like, I kind of doubt it. So, we're definitely going to see G2 having to beat all the other teams if they want to move out. But I'm sure they can do that pretty handily. Yeah. For sure. Alright, let's move on to Group D, which... Is on the minds of a lot of uh, North American fans. Yeah. Um, in Group D, we have TSM, Samsung Gaming, RNG, and Splice. Yeah, and I guess it's on all Western fans' minds right now because we've got the number one seed North America TSM, and then we've got the underdogs that we're rooting for in Splice, you know, just hoping that the West can pull some good performances out here at Worlds.
1: Yeah, I, I think that both of the teams, Samsung Gaming, And uh, RNG, uh, Royal Never Give Up, are a little bit overrated, in my opinion. In my opinion. I just think – I think they're good teams. Don't doubt me. They're out-worlds. They're top 16. But, like, everyone's been putting them on top of their pickems. Everyone's been – Yeah, I see them so
0: high in the power rankings. And to be honest with you, like, okay, Samsung. The name Samsung, like, resonates with people. All right, fine. The name RNG also resonates with people because of, like, the players – But think about the fact that, like, Samsung Gaming only came back in the playoffs. They had a huge slump in the middle of the season. Was that meta-related? Was that, uh, you know, team dynamic-related? I don't really know. But if they slump like that, if there's tilt like that in the World Championships, you're done. Because this is a best-of-one double elimination uh, group stage, you know? There's no time to, to sleep.
1: Right. Adjustment's a huge factor. And with both of these organization, organizations looking shaky, literally this split, I do not think that they are um, worthy of as much praise as they are getting. Regardless, I definitely think it's going to be really fun to see the battle um, between the, the three teams, Samsung Gaming, Never Give Up, and Splice. I really do have my hopes out for Spice. From everything we've seen from Bootcamp, from all the results we've seen from uh, scrims, and not to mention, they don't really have as much pressure on them, seeing how they're third seed, and this is their literally their first split. So I, I think that they have a lot of momentum, and they've got a lot of good stuff going for them. So I actually, in my personal pick have TSM and Splice getting out of Group D,
0: yeah, so I guess we can both a hundred percent agree that TSM is gonna make it out. Like, yeah. first seed NA looks so strong in summer and as well in the playoffs. They only lost one series uh, to P1 in like the only tilt, like series that we've really seen from this squad so far. The, like, yeah, they've been double lift and Bjergsen are monsters. Like, they've been scrimming with SKT a lot. Like, I think
1: that um, TSM undoubtedly will get out of their group. It would just be such
0: a. It would be. Way more of a surprise if they didn't make it out than if they did. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on them, so we'll have to see if they crack under that. But they have decisive shot calling and team fighting, even in extremely clutch moments, where more than two people have died on a side. Like Doublelift in the playoffs pulled out that amazing team fight on Lucian, where he single handedly clutched out the game because he is that clutch player, you know. So it'll be great to see them perform on the world stage, and I definitely think that. Even with the lack of experience that Hanser and Biofrost have on the international stage, uh, and they are also slow to close our games sometimes, I think with all this boot camping, like they'll be up and ready to sp- like up to speed, like ready to go, like and hungry to get out of their group. And I definitely think they will. But this is where the controversy comes in because if we say TSM is definitely getting out, and you think Splice is getting out, I definitely want to. Although I do agree that SSG and RNG are. Overrated. I don't think that the mechanical skill of Splice can stack up to them just like on a mechanical level. So, what do you say for teamwork of those uh, of those boys? You know, like what do you say?
1: Well, they've had a lot of time to practice, and I think Splice has um, one of the strongest coaching organizations. And I think that that's going to really shine through when they come through and they go, okay, yeah, we know that we can't straight up just come at you and team fight or go toe to toe. We're going to have to be clever, and we're going to have to put one over on you. I think Splice is going to be able to do it against a Chinese team personally. Chinese teams have always... Not personally, but uh, signature...
0: Like, it's yeah, a signature... Like, of- Historically, they haven't had good uh, like map, macro map movements. They've really just shined in team fighting and mechanical micro outplays. You know? Right.
1: The Chinese players are notorious for having great mechanical skill, but a lot of aggression. And with aggression comes quickness. And when you don't have time to make decisions, that's when someone can pull a fast one on you. So with uh, that team in the organization, I mean, in the group, as well as, San Gaming, who's a questionable organization when it comes to consistency, you really do have the, the again, with no pressure and a lot of momentum, I really do put my money on Spice.
0: Mm-hmm. Now we just have to see like, it, yeah, again, it's not, gonna out, be, you know? it's not going to be—it's not going to be
1: a landslide
0: in any direction,
1: in my opinion. It's definitely going to be a close one.
0: Well, it's a victory for Splice, no matter if they make it out of groups or not. Because think about this team—they came from nothing and entered this split. And no one expected anything from them, and now they're at Worlds. Like, that's it's amazing.
1: unreal for the the players themselves. I bet.
0: Yeah, for sure. Some of these guys
1: came—you know—I've been seeing in the Challenger scene for a while now. And the, now that now they all of a sudden they make it on the stage like Wonderware or is he going by now, Wonder. I mean, I, he was on the champion stage like last year. I remember watching him. So I bet this is just life-altering.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to see how far those boys go. Dream come true. Yeah, for sure. So let's bring it to Group B. And this is actually one that I think is the most contentious group as far as the skill levels of each of the teams. And by that, I mean... I think there's a clear ranking of how the teams go, but it's actually pretty close. I think it's SKT, C9, Flash Wolves, IMA. But it's, like, very close between at least those first three. I right. I can't really speak to IMA too much personally. To be I honest. don't know. I think IMA's strong. I really do. Um, I haven't watched too many of their games, so I can't, like, give a big personal judgment. I only really watched their playoff performance, so... Or the gauntlet performance, rather. But, like, yeah. So, let's just run down from the top with SKT. So, SKT just has a storied history. They're the only team to win two world championships, and they have more international tournaments than the other 15 teams in the tournament combined. Yeah. That's two worlds, two MSIs, one IEM. And if you count the other 15 teams, uh, there's no worlds. I guess one, if you count Samsung as Samsung White, Samsung Galaxy, only one MSI and one IEM. So that's like right there. You just see SKT is just this powerhouse that is to be scared of. Like people should be scared of them. However, their lackluster performance in the spring split or in the summer split really gives them a shaky shaky ground to like be standing on. With that being said, I think just the mechanical skill of these players and the way they, they when they work together, they just work. And, right. they, and they get the bear and they end the game in two minutes.
1: They're such a notorious organization for just being good. So it's, it's really easy to just say like, oh, they're going to make it out of the group. And if you really want, you can go look up as many packs as you want and you're going to have a lot of stuff back in your argument.
0: I think the real
1: conversation in this group comes down to C nine. Like the
0: second place. Yeah, the second place spot. Like does it go to C nine or does it go to Flash Wolf? I think we're both in agreement that it'll be a tough match for Cloud Nine, but I think that they can do it. I mean with how Impact's been playing, like right, I think, that alone I, that alone will really help them.
1: I think that Impact is one of the top three best top laners in the world.
0: And I think that
1: Again, if, if you want me to get some statistics, it's like he had twenty five solo kills in the postseason, which is double what Duke had on SKT all summer. Not to mention oh the fact, God. not to mention the fact that Cloud9 is an experienced organization and they've been to every world since they've been in the LCS. Medios's KDA is a good amount better than the average at worlds. Jensen has the best CS differential at twenty minutes in North America. I, I, Reaper is a great coach. So yeah, Reaper is
0: Reaper. We is Reaper himself as someone we should just touch on really quickly because Reaper himself said these look like solo queue players when he first saw them, and now look how they performed in the playoffs. It's like Reaper whispered the special SKT unlocking code words into Impact's ears and said, "SKT World Championship, Impact Autumn Autumn Wind," and then impacts eyes rolled back in his head and he started uh yeah, he <laughs> like something was unlocked on
1: that League robot he's playing at 50% now he's playing at 100
0: again yeah exactly so
1: even though they're the third seed and smoothie has never been to worlds before on international stage and it's he's you know rookie or uh not rookie but a a not an amateur basically
0: yeah he hasn't been on the world stage he doesn't have that experience compared to it's everybody else. Um, yeah they played
1: so fantastically through the playoffs through the gauntlet. I mean, easily one of the most dominant teams. It was, just, it was just a hoot and a holler to watch them smash everybody in their path. So I think if they can play like that, there will be no question in my mind that they will get out of Group B. But a real question comes down to if they can play that consistency. Because they weren't playing that good before the gauntlet.
0: Yeah, and if they keep it turned on, then I think, like, while Flash Wolves players are strong individually as a team, they can lack cohesion. And a lack of strength in the LMS just kind of lets them play really fast and loose and just skate by, quote unquote, like, LMQ style, sure. if you understand what I mean. Like, they just get to, like, you know, I kill you here and I kill you there, and I'm so much better than you. It's like a solo queue game. And it's like, that was Rush's downfall in North America. And I don't know if, uh, you know, Flash Wolves will be able to translate their great mechanical skill into a full team cohesion. But we have seen when, I believe their mid laner is Maple, when he pops off on LeBlanc, it's over. Like, you're done. So don't let him pop off. You know, don't let him, don't allow him to have those mechanical outplays. And I think that these, like SKT and C9 have the strategy to not allow that. And we haven't even really touched on IMA, but... I mean, they're, they're, they're good they're not they're in bad. the Worlds, but it's just like, I feel bad for them, you know? Yeah, they, they got feel bad. in them. a really
1: tough group, that's for sure.
0: It's just, it's a bit sad, but I'm going to be excited to see these players play in the Worlds stage. I'm excited for the organization, you know? It's nice to see some new names playing in Worlds.
1: Absolutely. But I think a really interesting thing here is like, a lot of people have put Cloud9 above SKT as far as just one and two spots um, in their Worlds pick'em and I think that the, mo- the, the reasoning behind that comes from the fact that Korea has notoriously always kind of been beaten by the um, LPL region. So the Flash Wolves... Co- or I mean, not the LPL, the LMS. So the, yeah. um, the Flash Wolves coming from Taiwan, they have just like a historical advantage against Korean teams. And since there's going to be like, you know, two games played each... Like, if Flashers wins both of them, and Cloud9 wins both of them on SKT...
0: Oh, that would be an interesting group to watch.
1: Right, so like 100%. we have to throw that into the mix. Although, in my opinion, SKT are pretty much the non Like, they're Korean for sure, but like they definitely are the most flexible and able to probably deal with the most complicated things that would be thrown at them
0: out of all the Korean teams. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for Group B. Let's move on to our last but not least, uh, Group C, our final group here. And I think this one is kind of an interesting group because there's a clear winner and there's a clear loser. But again, we've got this you know vibe for the number two spot. So EDG, first seed China with an extremely dominant LPL split. And strong individual players in jungle and ADC, uh, with like their there's just just their map movement, the way that they're just always team fighting and just destroying uh, the map with this global style. I'm really excited to see how EDG. Like I hope they right the wrongs of previous Chinese international performances on the world stage. Right again,
1: like a, a lack of strategic diversity. Or just in general, being too aggressive and not respecting the
0: opponents enough might come,
1: uh, you know, bite them in the butt. But
0: yeah, until but like until they're so they're after- so strong, like just individually, and right. when you see them play, it looks so effortless. Until like, you,
1: yeah, until we see that happen to this organization, we can't really say that it's going to happen
0: for sure. I think like they just really want to prove that China's not bad. You know, and that, yeah. Oh the, my god, it was last, year,
1: last year was just really bad. They had like overall China just didn't do very good at all. I believe everybody got knocked out um, in groups and first, second and third seed. And I think that representing the first seed China, it's like you are their hope to like go on and be like yeah. China's good. So they're, especially because last year was bad, they're really going to be eager.
0: And just the way Chinese culture works with honor and like, for sure, just all that, yeah. So I think that it's going to be an interesting battle between AHQ and H2K. And some people are ranking H2K higher than AHQ, but I, I don't think so. I think that AHQ is just going to be stronger on a, like, like player by player basis. And while H2K, you know, they they've got strong players, they've only been working together for like two months.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. That's a valid point. But I do think that because of a relatively recent lane, uh, the way they made it, the lane swaps don't really happen anymore, Hmm. that that's really going to make players like Forgiven on H2K shine more or players on RNG's Uzi. Like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these strong eighty carries that are really notorious for like being good in a two v two match,
0: pushing you into the tower and killing you and taking your tower exactly. Yeah, That's for sure. So like maybe
1: although H two K has really good what, you know top laner and mid laner, they could just get blown away in the bot lane, and H two K could really play around that.
0: Yeah, like Zivin Wester, they're like they're powerhouses, but if Forgiven gets first blood turret and like for gets first brick and the first dragon, and uh, smashes his lane. Maybe it doesn't matter because he's hyper carried. Yeah. We'll definitely have to see. I
1: personally want H2K to win, but I do say that it's probably a fifty-fifty.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll just have to see. I'd give it more like a forty-sixty onto H like H2K to lose, but you know we'll have to see. And then in another sad, 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 sad wildcard team, they're <laughs> happy to be there, but. Their, you know, their lack of experience and like no real iconic carry players, like and just a lack of strength in the region in general. Like, it's great to have these wildcard like teams here and the players here, but to be honest, they're just unless they're in CLG's group, they're not gonna make much impact. Well, I'll just say that.
1: Yeah, I think that it's they definitely need to be a part of World, so definitely has to be an international wildcard tournament. But I do think that it's going to be like a known fact that if you're coming from a wild card region, that your region probably isn't going to have as much of a player base. If it's not going to have as much of a player base, it's probably because the population is smaller, which probably means esports is a smaller thing, which means that not only are less people playing... Uh, less
0: resources, less people, less exposure, right. just the whole general, smaller. The whole smaller. region
1: is weakened, right? They're not going to be as strong as Korea or N.A., and for that factor because of that factor you're going to have you know the top tier players of this region not playing against other people that are really quality skilled so they don't have like a good fair training ground to play against really nice intelligent high elo teams like now they are going to play against the, both the wild card teams are going to play against the other top 14 teams in the world and that is going to be a huge mountain to climb So I I don't think anybody would put their money on the wildcard teams,
0: But it's for Kaboom.
1: For Kaboom!
0: (laughs) Alright, well, I think that this has been a pretty good rundown of all the teams. Um, I think that Gonna have a lot to look forward to. Worlds starts in like twenty-one hours. Like it's real soon. Yeah,
1: from when we're recording right now, it starts in twenty-one hours and to about twelve minutes. So, like that
0: is just hype, 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 hype. Yeah. hype. Ah, so excited, so pumped. Alright, well, thank you guys everyone for listening. Um, make sure to send any emails into redsmitepodcasts at gmail.com. We'll read them on the show. Make sure to share us. Uh, we actually have a great URL. It's YOLO420.com slash League Swag. And you can tell that to all your friends, all your friends' moms, even their grandparents. It's a great URL to just share around. That's YOLO420.com slash League Swag. Super happy to the Diamond Club people for giving that to us. So. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this episode. You got anything to throw in there, Quinn?
1: Uh, just really, uh, I hope everyone enjoys the, the first kickoff of the World's Weekend, the first World's Weekend. Uh, I hope uh, everyone's favorite teams does well. I hope we get to see some quality plays. And I wish everyone good luck on climbing in solo queue, if you can do any while watching all this worlds.
0: <laughs> yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. All right, this has been Red's My Podcast, signing off.